After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel, where you can find two new NBA shows, one hosted by our guy Jonathan Ramlikan, which is being called Floor Crew. I think that one debuts on Sunday. And also, our guy Brian Fonseca, he hosts a show with three others. That one is Floors Yours. That's going to be mostly on the NBA. Jonathan's going to be mostly on the Heat. So make sure that you check those out. Also check out our new Discord. This is where you can now find off the floor a subscriber feed. Just $2.99 per month. We already have about 10 times the feature that we features that we had on the old one, and we're adding to it. So make sure you check it out. We'll be posting it on the Twitter feed, Five Reason Sports. Check out our Discord off the floor. 100 members joined on the first day, so we're really thankful to you guys, and we want to make it the place that you go when you don't want to deal with Twitter. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reason Sports Network. It includes our friends over at Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. That's where you can bet legally in the state of Florida and many, many other states because you're betting against others who use it, not against the app itself or the bookies. So check it out. It's betteredge.com. You get $20 to play when you use the code 5RSN. And our contests every week on the NFL are just $10. bucks. we are also running nightly NBA contests. Check it out. Betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, today's episode. Down to Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports. Got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We did an episode last night, Greg, along with Sean Rochester after the Heat's latest meltdown. This one dropping them to one and four in the season, losing to a Brooklyn team that did not have three starters and an additional rotation player, blowing a 16-point lead late. We went on playback today. We're all over the place. Playback, Discord, <laughs> Twitter, uh, IG. Uh, we, we went on playback today, and we broke down a lot of the last five minutes when it seemed like everybody who was on the floor was either disengaged, clueless. <laughs> I mean, play after play after play where we were like slowing it down. And, and just we kept saying this. What is he doing? And it wasn't like one guy. It was 
all five of them at one time or another. And the five on the floor, as we talk about on the podcast here all the time, Lowry, Richardson, Hero, Butler, Adebayo. So you're not talking about scrubs. You're not talking about guys you had to plug in for someone else. You're talking about your $28 million point guard, your franchise player, your captain and franchise center, your leading scorer, and a guy in Josh Richardson who they're counting on for a lot of big things this year, even though he's coming back on a minimum. So, again, this was not the others. This was, in a lot of ways, the core or a good portion of the core. And they showed no poise. They showed no connection. And we're going to focus on specific parts of this today, Greg. But we're going to start here, okay? It's very difficult for teams to transition offensively. When one guy emerges and somebody else has to step back a little bit, it's always going to look clunky. It's going to look awkward, particularly when it's two guys who have played together for a while. And I go back to 2014-15 and 2015-16 after LeBron James left. And the Miami Heat made a decision that they were going to play through Chris Bosh, not Dwayne Wade. That was the plan when LeBron left. When Chris signed the contract and for okay, and again, they were going to build around Chris. And lots of unfortunate things happened, obviously, with Chris with the two times that he had to leave, the second time for good with the blood clots. But what people don't remember is it didn't work. It didn't work. Before Chris, first thing, the 14-15 season. Nothing worked, okay? They couldn't get their starting lineup healthy. We t- we've talked about that many times before. The the 15-16 season, they were only four games over 500. That team had Goran Dragic on it, along with Dwayne Wade, Hassan Whiteside, still playing at a pretty high level, and Chris Bosh. They were only four games over 500 at the All-Star break. It was when Bosh went out, okay? And this was, again, prime Chris Bosh, a terrific player, <laughs> great person, well-loved in the locker room. When he went out... And all of a sudden, the pieces started to fall into place. Dwayne Wade took the reins again, and along with Dragic. And Luol Deng stepped in at the four. They ended up signing Joe Johnson, and that team was within a game of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Sometimes transitions are difficult, and there's addition by subtraction. And I think we're dealing with both of these things right now. Because I don't know how any Heat fan could complain about the way that Tyler Hero is playing offensively. Yep. Okay? He has been efficient for the most part. He had one 8 of 23 game. But as far as his shooting, his consistency, and his scoring, him bringing you back into the game last night at the end, as we as we it was last night as we record this, with two ridiculous shots at the end, including a fallaway corner three. I don't know how Heat fans could be dissatisfied with Tyler Hero offensively right now. I just don't. And yet it's not working. <laughs> and that's the quandary. And so it's it's the transition from a Jimmy Butler-led offense to more of a Hero-Bam-led offense with the emphasis more on Hero. And it's also the opposite of addition by subtraction because last year in the playoffs, Tyler Hero was subtracted. And that was addition for the Heat offensively because the roles were simplified. And for everybody who talks about Jimmy needs help, Jimmy needs help, Jimmy needs help, okay? Jimmy has been better at times when he has less help. Just like the coach is sometimes better when he has fewer players that he has to manage in in a rotation. 
And I think we're seeing this play out right now because the hero Butler combination does not look comfortable. And I think that is a huge part of this offense. I know Alex doesn't entirely agree with me. You're entitled to everybody's opinions on this, but as we rewatch it, Jimmy's standing around. Yep. A lot. And then this one play, and then I'm going to let you jump in here, Greg, with your thoughts on this, and then we'll get into some of the numbers. We, we, we looked, we spent about five minutes on this one possession. Okay. 249 left in the game. Jimmy has a two on one. He has the ball. This is not a time where Tyler was dominating the ball. Okay. Jimmy has the ball sort of towards the right elbow behind the three point line. Okay. Just behind the three point line. He has a two on one. Josh Richardson literally is alone on the other side of the floor. Jimmy stops waits until three additional Nets defenders get back into the frame. So a two-on-one became a two-on-four. The other Heat players weren't even really running, okay? And then Jimmy stops, looks to the left, steps back, and chucks up the kind of three that he would chuck up in the red, white, and pink scrimmage when he was trolling. Yeah. And essentially, that was the game. Okay? Because they were down two. They never ended up closing the gap. And there you go. That was the first time that I looked at it. Because people have been saying and saying, something's off with Jimmy. And I don't know exactly what it is. I don't think it's about not getting somebody in the offseason. I really don't. Okay? Because <laughs> I don't. But there's something about this transition how much the ball's in Tyler's hands, how this offense has kind of shifted, it doesn't look right to me. And it doesn't look like, and this is where I will cite Alex on this, they're ever involved in the same action. And Alex has complained about this, that Spolstra doesn't put them in the same actions a lot. And actually, if you look at their minutes together so far this season, they are fifth in minutes as a pair. It's an we got a problem with the first three of these two, by the way. Lowry and Butler, Lowry and Adebayo, Lowry and Hero, which is the worst of the combinations. Uh. Yes. Adebayo and Hero, Butler and Adebayo, Butler and Hero. They've played 92 minutes together so far this season in the four games that Jimmy has played. They are a net rating of 0.0, so they are flat. But Eric Spolstra seems to be separating them on purpose. He brings in uh, – he, he takes out uh, Hero and then brings him back in, again, essentially substituting one for the other. And when they're on the court together, they don't – they're not additive together. Is this just all eye tests for me, or, or or is it for you also, and where do they go? It's definitely not all eye tests because the offense sucks and, like – even when you dig deeper into it and we were looking at numbers pre-show and trust me to our listeners, Ethan and Greg five on the floors are not looking at numbers pre-show Like that's not a normal routine for us, but we were looking at numbers ahead of this. And I was, I couldn't believe it. Tyler is like leading the league in field goal attempts. Um, Basically like up there with Luca and Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox and then, like, you just – and he's shooting a fine percentage, right? So it's like 44% on 22 attempts is not bad. And then 
to me, the thing that jumps out is Jimmy's down to 14 field goal attempts. And that's just such a disparity between the two. And if it doesn't lead to winning, I just think that that is something to examine. And the other part of it is this, as much as Tyler has grown and we've seen different things about his game that I think show that he is becoming a better, more efficient score, getting to his spots. He's not sped up. He's still not applying a ton of rim pressure. So this team is struggling with that. Jimmy and Bam, the the large percentage of their shots are coming from two. And Tyler, it's the exact opposite. You would think that that would work well. Tyler's leading the league in pull-ups, 12 a game. You would think that that would help Jimmy and Bam. It's not. And so when you, when you have things that you would think logically would complement one another and then they don't, you start to think about what actually is happening here. And is it, is it the adjustment? Are they uncomfortable? Is it just people are rusty? I don't know that this team has the luxury of dealing with a couple months of rust and figuring things out. It doesn't seem like one of those teams that has the propensity to hang around all season. They're going to need to figure something out sooner rather than later. That's just the vibe I get after five games. I know it's early. And after the break, we're going to get into the comments of the three key players because I thought all three of them were interesting in their own way. Last night, we didn't get a chance on the podcast to discuss what Bam, Tyler, and Jimmy said because we were recording at the time, but Brady was in the room. Alex was down there as well. And this is just such a – it's a challenging subject, I think, you know, from a basketball perspective because, again, you want to see growth from Tyler Hero. And every year we have. This is not the case of a player who doesn't work on his game. He does. Okay. This is not the case of a player who has flopped when they've given him more opportunity. He hasn't. If you look at what he's done year to year, first year as a rookie, they played Kendrick Nunn more to start that year, right? Tyler worked his way into it, worked his way into it, and ended up doing terrific things in the bubble. Not consistently, but had many, many, many major moments, also had a ton of moments as the regular season progressed as a rookie where he was trusted in the fourth quarter, playing all 12 minutes and making huge shots, okay? You go back to shots against Philadelphia. There's so many that we can bring up, okay? The second season, put the ball more in his hands to play make for others, all right? He progressed. He progressed even more with that as he went forward in terms of making the right reads. Six man of the year, okay? They turned over the bench to him, and he wins an award, okay, as the six man of the year. They put him then, they gave him the contract, they put him in the starting lineup, and he progressed in other ways, okay? Off-ball defense got better. Led More the league fish- in free throw shooting. Led the league in free throw shooting. <laughs> Shot 39% from three. And now here in this next season, He's a full-time starter, which he knew he was going to be, and then they're transitioning more of at least the regular season offense to him specifically and then, bam, secondarily, okay, so that the burden is taken off of Jimmy because you weren't able to take the burden off of Jimmy with an acquisition, right? So none of this is like, oh, Tyler screwed this up. You can't cite that. You can't look at the numbers. You You can't even watch the games and say that. And yet the point that you make is the one that we may be leaning to, which is can you be an efficient offense with the current cast that's here if he's going to be the guy that is asked to carry it all the time? 
And then you start to dig deeper into the numbers and you're like, well, okay, if you're going to have a guy who's leading you in shots by that amount, he has to get to the line. And we talked about that as the next level of progression, but some of that is out of his control. Okay. You're officiated a certain way. And I don't know that that's going to change for him. It's not like he's not trying to attack the rim. He is, he's getting blocked a lot. And uh, this is a great tweet from Danny Martinez. A lot of people probably know him um, on Twitter. He says, there's many reasons the Heat stink on offense, but I think not having a single guard who can get to the cup is just killer. Over last two seasons, Tyler has led the team in uses, but just 9% of his shots come within three feet of the rim and he doesn't draw fouls. I think that that's very explanatory to all this. It is. And that's that's the reason why if you were constructing an offense, okay, and it was simply about winning one or two games, you would still build it around Jimmy. <laughs> because because he's the guy who can get to the rim. He's the one who has the respect of the officials. He's the one who's going to slow the game down for them. But you need to get through a regular season. And we know that Jimmy's not going to play more than 65 or so games. We've already seen him miss a game for rest. We've already seen him end up on the injury report for the knee. We know he's had issues with the ankle. He's 34. Tyler's 23. Bam is what, 26, Okay. You want to transition to Tyler and Bam. It's the smart thing to do during the regular season. And you can't argue, again, not just with what Tyler's produced, but I loved a lot of what I saw from Bam last night. His ability to create space for his shot has improved dramatically. Okay? But then you go to the end of that game. He had another situation. We talk about Jimmy. I don't want to just pick on Jimmy or Tyler here for what's going on. Bam, I thought, was good most of the game. He had a situation at the end of that game. We look. Everybody was open. <laughs> okay, we've we've complained about him not attacking enough. He went one on one on four and nearly missed the rim and the backboard. Yeah, we're Threw not it so sure hard what... it hit it caromed off the rim. Nobody could find it. And if we and when you freeze framed these sequences, okay, Tyler's attempt where he kind of got blocked by the rim going on the baseline, the Jimmy three that I mentioned. Josh, I don't know what Josh was doing on that inbounds pass. He overplayed it to such a degree, which ended up leading in a basket to the other side. Okay. And then let's get to Kyle. Okay. This is the big problem with having a point guard who is not involved for whatever reason. Okay. Either because of the way that they're constructing the offense right now, or because he doesn't want the ball in his hands or he doesn't shoot. You posted, Greg, on our thread. I I wish I could find it right now, but like how many touches these guys are getting? Okay, I, I, was that on something that we put up? And like all of Kyle's touches are in the backcourt. <laughs> like oh, he's, yeah. not, I, it, it, I mean, it's such a he's not involved in the play. It, it almost looks at times like, and I've said this on playback, like he's the kid in class who didn't do his homework and is hoping not to get called on. Like he's just kind of there, but not a threat. And there are times he has his hands up asking for the ball, but we all kind of know he's not going to shoot it if he gets it. So it seems sort of like, so they're not guarding him and he's wide open. And if they actually throw him the ball, what he's probably going to do is move it. There's probably not even going to be a dribble. He's just going to move it, but he's not orchestrating. So if he's not orchestrating and he's not shooting, then essentially what it's doing is it's collapsing the space on Jimmy Bam and Tyler because he's not perceived as a threat. And if he's not orchestrating, 
he's not solving the problem of the fact that Tyler and Jimmy seem to be playing two different games out there. Like if you had a point guard who had control, wanted control, was given control, and for whatever reason he's not, probably because he's in his late 30s at this stage, and he wasn't expected to be in the three top minute combination pairs at this point of the season, okay? At any point of the season, okay, you were supposed to be preserving him for specific moments if he was still on the roster for some fourth quarters, for later in the year, for perhaps the playoffs. This was not supposed to be happening. But now that it's happening, he has to be given something to do or doing something to make this easier on the other two on the two guys, because it doesn't look like Tyler and Jimmy know how to make each other better. And I'll just say this. It doesn't necessarily look like Jimmy's particularly engaged in making because I was for all the complaints about Tyler not passing enough and shooting too much. Tyler's passed to Jimmy twice as many times as Jimmy has passed to Tyler. Yep. It just seems like and I hate to come back to this, and it's probably early, and probably there things will be figured out because that's what this team does, particularly if I've said anything recently. But it just seems like every once in a while, groups are kind of just over each other. And I just get that vibe. I can't shake it yet. And I I don't know. That'll probably come across as reckless speculation. So let me label it as such. I'm not trying to say that I've heard anything like that. It just, I don't know. You remember like the end of the PJ Brown, Jamal Mashburn era, where you just kind of knew it was time to move on. They knew. starting to feel a little like that. And it just sucks because of all the, they, they've had relative success. And some of these guys are young players that you'd want to build around later on. And so that's why this there's just this weird crossroads that they're at. And it's magnified when you start the season the way that they've started with another divisional matchup in Washington. If they lose to Washington at home, just for perspective here, and I just shared this on our off-the-floor feed, so I'm going to give it to our podcast uh, listeners as well because this – We'll tell you everything you need to know. They've won 17 straight home games against divisional opponents because their division is awful. It's the mm-hmm. longest streak in the NBA, third longest in franchise history. Washington, they cannot lose to Washington in this upcoming oh, they game can. at home. Oh, 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 they can. Um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you mentioned the P.J. Brown, Jamal Mashburn thing, and I, I think it's a great example here because you know that Pat Riley quote, that we talked about the one about him saying we're staring into the abyss and we're all like, I don't think he meant to say that word because that's not a good word. Uh, He probably meant to say we're standing on the precipice because it doesn't have quite the same negative connotation. It means that, okay, we're standing on the preface precipice of going sort of maybe over the ledge or not. The abyss is nothingness. The abyss is a black hole. Okay. But Pat doesn't make that comment unless he's referencing things he's experienced in the past. In his book, Winter, he's Winner Within, he talked about the Lakers and kind of it coming to the end, at least with him, right? And you mentioned the PJ, the, and with the Knicks, I think to a certain degree it did at the end, which there were other reasons, obviously, why he left. It was about control. It was about whatever, but check-its, et cetera. But that group, I think, under him and made run his course a little bit, right? But you mentioned the P.J. Brown uh, Mashburn team. People have been in the organization since that time and were decision makers at that time. They reference that. They, they talk about how we knew, okay? And look, I covered every game of the Knicks Heat Series. I was there for everyone home and road. I saw those teams, the way they interacted, all the rest of this. I was a young person at that point, okay? 
they knew, and, and they will tell you they knew when they walked off the court the last time. Okay, not the Allen Houston shot, but they walked off the court in 2000 after Mashburn passed to Weatherspoon and after Nick Bavetta and all the rest of the things that happened at the end of that game. They knew it was over. They had to make changes. The group was not going to work anymore. Behind the scenes, Mashburn and Timmy never really got along. Okay, the two completely different personalities. I mean, Zoe and Tim had a partnership okay that was kind of a friendship but there was there there was tension there at times as well okay uh, but they needed fresh life okay and uh, tim was not the guy to move at that point okay so it was mashburn it was pj they went out the door and pat brought in uh you know we've talked about we talked about playback today he was trying to bring in mcgrady or hill he ended up bringing eddie jones and, and anthony mason and 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 brian graham and he refreshed the thing right but then zoe got sick okay and so it kind of blew it up but they knew in 2000 i i think they knew this past off season that when they in denver as far as they went i think they knew that they'd max this thing out but then they couldn't do anything and we can blame joe cronin for that if we want okay and i think a lot of that is fair <laughs> But the reality is, and I, you've said this, and you said it last night on the podcast, we said it on playback, we've said it on Discord, we've said it everywhere. I don't think this group expected to be back together. And, I, and I'm and i going to say this, I, I misinterpreted it. I downplayed the offseason and the effect it would have on this team. And it appears so far that I was wrong. Because after the break, quickly, we're going to get to two quotes here. Okay. Because I don't think Jimmy's quotes really were anything significant. He talked about how we have to guard. He says that all the time when they lose. I want to get to Bam and Tyler's quotes. Before we do, do want to mention a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. You can check them out at allproconstructionbuilders.com or allproconstructionbuilders on Instagram. We know that it's always hurricane season in South Florida. So you want to be prepared. Mention Five Reasons to Danny and his team. It's a family business. They are fully state certified. They're based in Miami, but they also service Monroe counties and Broward County as well. You mentioned five reasons to them. You get 10% off your entire order. Get those storm windows, get those storm doors, but also 8% interest rates right now. You might want to just renovate your house. Stay, stay where you're at. They can do that for you as well. Go to all pro construction builders and all pro construction builders.com. And also you can call my guy, Danny. I'll give you the number directly. Huge Miami heat fan. 305 484 4429. That's 305 484 4429. Make sure you mention five reasons for your discount. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, um, two quotes here that Alex put up last night. Bam Adebayo, we don't, we don't want to dig this hole too deep. That's the concern. Season starts like this and you get to the deadline you don't know what's going to happen. Now, Bam was named captain yesterday, which we all felt was the correct decision. We thought that's probably what was going to happen. He mentioned the deadline on the f- after the fifth game of the season. Greg. November 1st. <laughs> I mean, the, the deadline is 
We haven't had Thanksgiving yet. Christmas, Hanukkah. He's ahead of us. Kwanzaa. I mean, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, what what are we doing here? MLK's birthday. Like, I I mean, we're not even there. Do you want to go through both of them, or do we go? We talk about yeah, this let, one do first. Bam first, and then I'll I'll get to the the hero quote, which I think actually I'm looking for because this is on Brady's account. I'll, I'll find that one. It's a good one too. But for Bam to be referencing trades and and deadlines related to trades, it means that subconsciously this team has been through it enough, and that's what's unfortunate is that they've only run their course. I think because they've been in multiple situations where they thought that there was going to be shakeups. And this summer, it was for real, like shakeups. Like even UD came out and said, yeah, I talked to Tyler often. I would often tell him, yeah, you're going to get traded, but think about what a great career you had while you were in Miami. Like it was very open that that was going to happen. And so, Ethan, I know you said that, you know, you were wrong and that kind of stuff. Usually the Heat worked through this kind of stuff. So you weren't, it wasn't a like a dumbfounded thing to think that they could figure that out. If any organization does, it's this one, right? But I think that stuff starts to wear on you over time. And you think about an 82-game season and just the vibe of how it started. I don't know. And then now Bam mentioning trades. He's the captain. And now in, in game five, he's saying the trade deadline creeps up on you. And you know it's not him who's being traded. Right. And I'm I don't think he meant it in that way because Bam is not the type of guy that's trying to get anybody riled up, you know, and traded. I think it's just the reality, and he's a pretty honest guy. And it's just for fans, it's like, oh gosh, they're trade, they're already thinking about shakeups. It means they're talking about it. That's what it means to me. Because Bam's the guy who talks to everybody. So, like, it, it means that it's it's still on their minds behind the scenes. There's no question about it. And um, you're right. I mean, Bam and Jimmy are the guys who don't have to be concerned about that. And Tyler's averaging 25 a night. So, uh, you know, and there's a lot of other pieces on this team that are not really tradable um, at all. <laughs> so, and some aren't even tradable yet. I mean, just because they signed in the offseason. So, it's, it's just to bring it up at that point was interesting. All right, we'll close with this one. And this is from Tyler. And, and I got to say, I like this comment, actually. I like this. To me, this is an accountability comment. We can't feel sorry for ourselves at this point of the year. It's still early, obviously. But at some point, it just has to matter to us. We can't keep losing games and think it's okay. Now, everybody read into this as he's taking a shot at this person or that person. I don't think that's what Tyler was doing at all. Just like I don't think Bam's taking a shot at anybody. I, I just think, you know, I think, again, it's acknowledging the reality of the situation. Like something is off. Except reality. Okay. Right? Except reality, according to our friend FLA Sports Buzz. Um, I, <laughs> right? I mean, that that's how I read uh, To me, that was a mature statement Agreed. from a 23-year-old. He could have totally tried to bust toss somebody, and he's absolutely being like a veteran in the room now. I think it's the exact thing you want to hear from him. Unfortunately, it's just... Right now, the fan base ain't trying to hear any of that. No, they're not. All right. I don't know how much more you want to hear from us today since we've done Discord playback and all the rest of this. Uh, do check out the Discord. I'm going to be uh, pushing it on the five reasons. You're going to get sick of hearing this from me because, honestly, it's the place that you're going to want to talk heat from now on. And we're also going to continue to do what we used to do on the old Winnow feed, which was give you inside uh, information from from down at the arena and everywhere else. But it's just going to be an easy way to access us on a regular basis 
we're going to get sick of you. You're going to get sick of us. But that's how it plays out. Maybe we'll get sick of each other, which feels like what the Heat are doing right now. One and four. We'll see what happens against Washington on Friday night. Have a good day.